The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Welcome back, everyone, to an all-new episode. It's me, it's Katie, and this is You're Gonna Love Me. And I am here with a very special guest. She is an inspiration. I'm inspired by her. I want to be like her one day when I grow up eventually, (laughs) as if I'm not in my late 30s already. She is the founder, creator, and most importantly, the CEO of Dough, Cookie Dough, if you don't know what that is get with it. I've talked about it on this podcast. If you follow me on Instagram, I've definitely talked about it there as well. Welcome, Sabina Lade. Ah, thank you. Lada. That was right. Sabina Lada. A lot of Sabina. A lot of Sabina. <laughs> Sabina Lada. Welcome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I love dough. Cookie dough. You love it. I you love like it. One of our first lovers. You're an early adopter. Well, I found about it through Amanda mm-hmm. Hirsch, not skinny but not fat. Amanda was like an OG OG when we were still making the product here in this kitchen. Really? And we were making it in commercial. We were making it ourselves. Yeah, that's that's when Amanda found us. So we were people don't know the roots. I was like slinging cookie dough, making it <laughs> and like shipping it myself. It was a journey. Well, the best part is is that it is like like healthy cookie dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now we have donuts too. But yeah, I mean, everything's healthy. Everything's better for you. We basically, I mean, we grew up in the 90s, right? Where Mm -hmm. we loved Dunkaroos and Kraft (laughs) Mac and Cheese and Oreos. So we basically try to take everything that we loved as a kid and make it, you know, cleaner using better ingredients and kind of remove that guilt that, you know, we were taught to have growing up with all that diet culture all the time and just make it better for you. And you can feel good about what you eat. And the best part is, is because everyone loves to eat cookie dough raw yeah but they're you know <laughs> salmonella yeah, yeah you're not really supposed to because you could die <laughs> yeah you could you could die but you know i like to take risks but the, this cookie dough is encouraged to be eaten raw yeah most of our 80 percent of people eat it raw I, you like, can bake it too though in the holidays people like to bake it i i do i do both but i definitely love to just go in with a spoon. Me too. 100%. Like a pint of ice cream. It's like <laughs> it so, it's like therapeutic. I don't know. There's something about it. Where do you like to come up with your flavors? Because you have some of the best flavors. You have too. crazy flavors. Yeah, it's actually, flavor creation is hard because if you want to make something clean and not use kind of crappy ingredients, like you can't do like an M&M, you know, or like a no. Twix or like something, you know, like you, that just defeats the purpose. So a lot of our flavors are with our collabs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the Amanda collab, we were talking through what that might be. And she was like, I just really fucking love chocolate chips. Like she was like, can we make it like double stuff Oreo where there's more cream, but like more chocolate chips? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. People would love that. So some of it's like brainstorming with our partners, like with Lauren, we did the the Skinny Confidential collab with pink frosting and, you know, her whole brand is about pink. pink. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so we were like, I was like, can we make the product pink? I was like, is I was like, is that possible? So like we have these crazy ideas. We put them all in a list and then we talk to our formulator and she kind of helps us figure out like what's doable and what's not. One of the other really incredible parts though is that the ingredients 
are not only ingredients that are better for you, ingredients that you can actually recognize, but they're also like things like collagen and mm-hmm. it, like j- these things that you would find in your like skincare. So yeah. I, I I think about it's part of my, you know, skincare routine. Yeah. No, I love that. Put, <laughs> a, like, put a mask on and eat Wash your, your face, toner, serum, yeah. bite of dough, you know. <laughs> no, I love it. So that's like, I think when building the brand, you know, most food brands are started in like the farmer's market, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of how they're started. And we were like, I don't know, we want to create something that's beautiful and something that she can put in her fridge and like think is cute to post on Instagram. And almost like we take a lot of cues from skincare, mm-hmm. like skincare and beauty. And, you know, it's interesting because the the brand building in beauty is really different than the brand building in food. And our whole team is very kind of like beauty and fashion oriented. So we almost like build it like a beauty brand. I think, you know, when you're in an industry and for people listening, right? Like when you're in an industry, how do you pull from other industries that you admire and kind of like apply it to your own products? But I think that's like incredibly innovative because I haven't really seen that anywhere else. And to have it in something like cookie dough is, I mean, you see it in maybe like elixirs and tonics and smoothies. Yeah, beverage gets all all the innovation. (laughs) That's beverage. I don't see it in, you know, food yeah you know which i think is just something entirely different which i think is just it's so cute you know i think i think it's especially if it's again like something like cookies is just (sighs) delightful it is delightful we try to just like surprise and delight our consumers (laughs) exactly no exactly so and then now you're branching out into you did the the drip which is like a nutella yes it's insane i would just sit there and take spoonfuls no no like graham crackers oh yeah and just dunk them in there and like just bent over the counter and just dunking them (laughs) in i may or may not have been drunk but you know what (laughs) who's who's really counting here but yeah and then now you have the donuts Mm -hmm. the dough Donuts, Donuts, get it? Yeah. I know. We debated putting that on the packaging as D-E-U-X. We thought it'd be confusing. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all the, it's basically like these nostalgic snacks, right? Like Nutella that you mm. love. And the first ingredient is sugar and the second ingredient is palm oil. And so it's it's like flipping those on its head. But donuts, we just launched last week. And that's, if you haven't tried yet, we have a package coming to you next week. Oh, but they're just these little poppable, like delightful you know, you think of donuts, you're like, okay, like I have to commit to a donut and I'm going to feel bad about it afterwards. And just all the things that society tells you, which I fucking hate, but these, you just feel good about when you eat them. What flavor are they? Glazed is the first flavor. And then we have Mm -hmm. two more that will come in the spring. So we're working on chocolate and we're working on cinnamon sugar, which is like my personal favorite. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm so excited about that. How, are you thinking about already thinking about like future products? I mean, like how far in advance do you have far, to start yeah. like the process of like how long does it take to to build a flavor, to to create a new product? I yeah. mean, imagine like the 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 testing and the tasting takes months, yeah. if not a year. It does. It takes a little bit. We try to shorten our timelines because that's like kind of our advantage that we can launch things so quickly. So we try to do it pretty quickly, but it does. I mean, it's a process to, you know, like go through, you go through the formulation, everything starts in the kitchen and someone's, we we brief our formulator and she starts to create. But then like the hard part is taking that kitchen recipe and 
like finding a manufacturer <laughs> to make it like mass produce mass yeah. produce it yeah like a lot and the, the recipe changes like oh, yeah. our first batch that we did was super dry of donuts and like we didn't know why we used the same proportions but like you have to we had to change our proportions when we actually did it at scale so it's like it's an incredibly hard process and it's funny because a lot of consumers like on the internet especially with our cookie dough they'll be like oh i can just like make that at home and it's like you can, but you can't, you know, like it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's not as easy as that. So yeah, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of iteration and we try to make it to where the product actually tastes like delicious, which a lot of health foods, I mean, you've been to Erewhon, right? Like a lot of health foods don't taste delicious. Like they just mm-hmm. are healthy. So like, how do you make something that's healthy that should taste like cardboard actually taste, <laughs> taste like, you know, a Toll House cookie? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's really important because if not, um, I'd just rather go back to the original stuff yeah. that, you know, it's going to make me feel like shit probably, but, you know, it's going to taste good. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Taste is like, taste is king. It really is. So going back to like the beginning of it all, when you had this idea, so you, you know, you were product of the 90s, a kid of the 90s, like, yeah. like myself. So you had this idea. Mm-hmm. From the time that you had the idea to, you know, when you were like, okay, this is actually really going to happen. Like, how long was that time period? I mean, okay, this this sounds crazy, but like, I do feel like a lot of, and we talked about this with your restaurant, right? Like, a lot of things that you, that happened subconsciously happened when you were like a kid. Like, they were like seeded when you were mm-hmm. so young. Like, my dad worked in and owned a gas station. No way. And like I literally spent every single Saturday in his gas station eating like, you know, like <laughs> Oreos and like sour punch straws and like flaming hot Cheetos and like, you know, all those snacks that, that you is love. A dream. Oh, it's a kid's fucking dream. I, I was spent like, like every day going to the seven eleven and getting, you know, foot long hot dog. Like all of it. Every yeah. Day. All of it. I wanna yeah, oh my God. Wow. That's like and so that that like informed so much of who I am today and like what my tastes are. And like, (laughs) I think like, whatever, I'm like a gas station baby, right? Like I was like there all the time and like would eat all that food. And so that was, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And like, that's, I know now, now all the kids, I feel like the kids in college are like, I don't know, drinking like kale juice and smoothies. Yeah, I'm like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) I used to like just only drink alcohol. Like, I don't even know if I ever had water in college. <laughs> like, not to, not having kale smoothies. So anyways, like, that's, that's like how I grew up. And so I had this love. There's a little bit of it that was like the love for the food products, but a little bit of it was also like the love for the iconic brands, mm. you know, like the commercials and like, I don't know, there was something about brands that like fascinated me. And, you know, that started at a super young age. And then when I graduated college and my first job was at PepsiCo. So it was at Frito-Lay. I was on the Lay's brand. So I was, I was slinging junk food. Like that was like my full, full ass time job, like to, to work in that industry. So I always knew that I would kind of like do something entrepreneurial and do something that was probably in food, but Mm. I didn't know what it was. And I think it probably took, like I didn't launch the brand until I was 30. And so I think it took, you know, I would say a lot of years of experience to know what that was, but it's funny how like, you know, we talked about this with, again, the restaurant, but like, it's funny how things come full fucking circle, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. You're like, oh, wow. I'm like back in my, what I was 
loving as a child. You were destined to do it. It just took so. you some time to come back around and do it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sabina definitely was somebody I consulted with when it came to the sandwich shop. And you may or may not see her on Vanderpump Rules this may season. <laughs> <laughs> because I need a lot of help when we were coming up with our pitch deck and when we were wanting to approach potential investors because Sabina actually was on Shark Tank, which is like, you know, crazy. Cra- I don't crazy. recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, I mean, talk about that experience. Yeah. I, I will like never get tired of hearing about this oh because my gosh. it's just that uh, the sharks are sharks. Yes. Yeah. It's scary. It's like, I, it's funny because like I watched a bunch of episodes in preparation of it because I didn't really watch it that much. And you you start to kind of look at these people and you're like, how do they do that? Like, how do they go up there and like manage that room and like get all these questions thrown at you? Like, it is a pretty gnarly experience. Like I always, I have a bunch of founders who like ask me when they're about to go on the show or they're like thinking about going on the show. And I always say like, you have to take the emotion out of it because mm-hmm. if you don't, then you will just like end up crushed. Like, whether it's like your edit or like just, I don't know, you get like nervous when people are yelling at you. Like it is, it's a lot. And like, you know, my, my episode was pretty dramatic, right? I think we had, we had like a nice little like buildup of like the most amazing entrepreneur. And then like we had this downfall at the end when I negotiated my offer from Robert. And so it really did. There is, it was a dramatic, I mean, it's reality TV, right? Like it was like a dramatic episode and it was, I think good for ratings, but really what came after it was like the crazy part of everybody talking about like what I wore and like how (laughs) it was inappropriate to wear like a hot pink suit. And like that, that part was crazy to me because I was like, wait, does America really think this? Like, does America really think that a hot pink suit is inappropriate? Like, does America really think that I shouldn't have negotiated? Like, is there a female aspect at play here? It was just like kind of crazy, the after effect, I think. Did you? So I, I truly think that it's it has everything to do with being a woman. I think so. Have you experienced a lot of that being a female entrepreneur? A lot of pushback, a lot of roadblocks being yeah. a woman in the industry? Yeah. So I, I initially, I think I was blind to misogyny, like I think is it's hard to say, but like I was kind of blind to that because I worked in kind of corporate environments where they treated men and women equally. But, you know, 2%, the stat is 2% of women get to a business that's a million dollars plus. So like I am in 2% of women, right? Like that is, it's crazy to think about. And I still feel like I have so long to, to go, right? Like I feel like I'm just getting started. But I did, you know, for the first time feel that when I went on the the show and kind of saw the after effects of it. And, and some of the comments were like, oh, she shouldn't have worn that hot pink suit or like she shouldn't have worn shorts. And it's like, you wouldn't have ever criticized a man for that. Mm, like no. men wear some weird ass shit on that show. Like they were cutoffs and like jeans. Yeah, they were they're shirtless if it's, a, if it's like a swimming like company like there's yeah they were like straight up casual scrub like just looking like slops looking like slops and so I was like I looked like so professional I was on brand so that was one and then the other thing I heard when so Robert gave me an offer and I negotiated it and they were like she's so dumb for negotiating like someone said what an arrogant like they said what an arrogant c-word and I was like (gasps) 
Oh, LOL. Like <laughs> I was like arrogant. Like if a man negotiated, you would be like, absolutely. You should negotiate. Like that's a good entrepreneur. And so that was the first time I experienced it. And then after that, I think I became a little more, and I don't like, I like, this is kind of weird to say out loud, but like, I don't like to pull the female card. Like, I don't like to be like, Oh, what was me? Like I'm a female entrepreneur. Like, but like, I did feel it. Like I started noticing it a lot more after that. And I was like, Oh, there is, there is a disadvantage here. Like there is something like you see me differently. It's yeah. I don't think it's pulling a card. I think it's just calling out the obvious. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to pull the card. It's just, it's about just not just turning criticized. a blind yeah. eye to it. Yeah. And where I think we're just criticized like more than our male counterparts. And I think there's also a little bit of like if you're familiar with female entrepreneurs like Emily Weiss from Glossier or mm-hmm. Jen Rubio from Away and like they're amazing entrepreneurs. Like they built Glossier and Away. Like those are wild brands. And yet there was this like era of like takedown of those types yeah. of entrepreneurs. And so it's like, I think there's like this obsession with like building, maybe it's like building up women and then bringing them down or like there's something weird and societal I think about it that like, you know, I, I think it's just a part of being a woman in 2022, you know? Yeah, especially because there's men out there getting away with the most. Elon, like, yeah. the, the most. Elon Musk, Kanye West, like, yeah. Yeah, and nothing's happening, you know, people that's st- stacked against them. It's crazy. And people are like, eh, but yeah, I don't know. And it's like, no, I think, I digress. I don't think it's pulling a card. I think more, I think more women in that position need to, to speak on Talk it and not be worried about anyone saying like shut up like yeah. you stop whining stop complaining because like, that is the that's the internalized misogyny within yes. us that we're we like oh we have to we can't complain we should just be thankful like i yeah. haven't had it so bad so if i start talking now like what are they gonna say you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i made a tiktok that went viral that essentially pointed out all the comments that i got after the episode <laughs> and like newsweek picked it up and daily mail picked it up and like all these outlets picked it up and i instead of being like yeah i'm spreading the word it was like oh my god i'm so nervous like what if someone to your point the internalized misogyny mm-hmm. of like what are people going to think like is it going to be okay that like created this tiktok that that went viral like i didn't think it was going to go viral like i hope it's okay and a lot of women reached out to me and like that was like the I think that was just the kicker for me of like so many women were like either they've been on the show or like they've experienced something like that. And they were like, thank you for saying something because like either we would have never or like we felt like we didn't have like a voice to do that. And it was like that was like pretty empowering, I would say. Makes you want to do it more. I know. (laughs) I know. What else? (laughs) What else can I do? What else can I shine down the patriarchy? Exactly. I mean, it's scary. It's scary. I mean, especially talking about things that can be like tip. I mean, I remember even talking about like abortion on this show. It's like, it's scary in the moment. You're like, do I talk about this? Yeah. Like, it's a bit, you know, but, uh, I feel it's like it's important. Yeah. I know. And they're like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. You know, and then the response is crazy. It's like overwhelmingly yeah. positive and you help people yeah. who want to, you know, to, to have a voice for the, you know, voiceless and things like that. So I say, being in a position where you, you know, are a woman who's out there building a huge business that has a lot of attention on it, who's going on, you know, Shark Tank and things like that to make noise is really great. Yeah. Do you ever have imposter syndrome? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it's like my middle name. Really? I always, I like, I don't know if it's like millennials. 
I feel like millennials are like what I, I joke that like millennials are insecure overachievers. <laughs> like Do, we're yeah. all insecure and we all are like, are we doing enough? Like, are we supposed to be here? Are we, I mean, I have it all the time. I feel like it's, I've had it since I was like a kid. Like I feel like I've always had it. I think the only, the only thing I say on imposter syndrome is sometimes it can also drive you. Like that's kind of like a, a it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like it is, it's uncomfortable. I don't like feeling it. I don't like thinking like, holy shit, I'm in over my head. Like I can't run this business or, you know, like I'm not cut out for this or I'm not cut out for the criticism or whatever it is. Like I'm not cut out for people saying no. But then there's a part of me that also gets this drive from mm -hmm. it. That's like, fuck, I need to prove people wrong. Yeah. Like I need to like, I need to do this for not just me. I need to do it for other people. Like I need to do it for other women and other people that think they can't do it. So I, I don't love the feeling of it, but I do think it is something, it's almost like the anxiety a little bit that drives you. That's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do this. Like, and so I, I always think imposter syndrome is like a double edge sword, but don't, I mean, do you feel it? I feel like everybody feels it. 100%. I want crippling amounts of it, especially because, you know, I feel like, yes, I, the voice inside of my head and the voices, not the voices, but the words I see and read of just the doubt. Yeah. I see so much that then creeps into my own psyche for sure. And also I, I can be so like risk adverse sometimes too, where it's like, I want to like do this if it fails, then that's going to be terrible, yeah. but it's not going to fail. It can't fail because it's going to be perfect and I'm not going to do it unless it's going to be perfect. And like, this is the feedback loop that I have spinning yeah. through my head every single day. But, but then, you know, when I see other people that want to come in and also doubt me, I'm like, no, no, fuck you. No one doubts <laughs> no me, one doubts but me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then when I see all that, I'm just like, now I'm going to prove everyone wrong. And yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be the most, awesome successful thing that anyone has ever seen so it's like yeah I I, it's it. totally that it's but, it's such also, a but it's also loop. like oh it's scary because it's like i didn't go to school for these things that i want to do like i didn't go i have zero training yeah, yeah I, have, I have no idea what the hell i'm doing well you worked at your mom's restaurant for fucking ever <laughs> so you do a training well, yeah besides like that but you know i am have just been getting an education in these things of learning what term sheets are yeah what do these numbers mean on the you know like talking about these investments and the returns on these things like for a while i was just kind of like can we go over this again because <laughs> like i'm not really sure I, oh you were so good at that though but, i feel like but, you picked it up so fast um it's been a year that we've been talking <laughs> about this stuff so like now now i know like one day it clicked i was like oh my god i've been <laughs> just now it makes sense. Yeah, I you get explained it. it to me. You explained something to me like when we were going over that deck. I feel like you were explaining to Ariana. You were like, okay, this is how it works. Like, I think I understand. It, it, you're good at it, it. But it took so long to click that like w like we when we were going over the budget and everything with our consultants, like I was just like, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> like let me just say like, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because they were just talking about that, right? And I was like, they would go so like quickly through things. And but I was like, I'm just... We're paying you just to do it. <laughs> I think one day it'll just make sense, and if it doesn't, it's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Like it was like it was just it was. But then one day I was like, oh my god! I text after I was like, I am having a breakthrough. Like it just finally clicked, and it makes sense, and it. it only needed to be explained to me like fourteen times. <laughs> but you know what? I would not have done it any other way. And mm -hmm. I feel like anyone that wants to do something, just 
keep going. Keep going and yeah. do it. But like kind of take your time. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like make sure you understand everything. Make sure you understand it. And if yeah. it takes 12 months, then it takes 12 months. But like it's, it is really rewarding to understand what, you know, these things mean. And when you go in, because I was, I was really scared to go into meetings. And this was something I told you. Yeah. But the imposter syndrome. And not know what these things meant and not be able to like, I don't want to, I don't like to come across as being an idiot. Like uninformed or, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then and like, if someone's going to invest in my business, I want to at least sound like I have a clue yeah. what I'm doing. You know, yeah. even if I'm, I can be honest that like, listen, obviously like I, this is my background and it's not in business and it's yeah, not it's in finance. finance. Yeah. So like, I'm, this is, this isn't really like my expertise, but like I, I've learned a bit. Yeah, in this time, and so like, yeah. you, like so, rest you know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> like you're like, I I feel like also there's a little bit of element of saying, I don't know with things, and it, I think that that goes for not just investor conversations, but just like things in general. Like being able to say like, I don't have the answer to that, but like I'll get it for you. You know, like yeah. that's pretty powerful. Like being able to to, and that's something I've learned. I feel like over time because I used to be like. I need to have the answer to everything. Like they're going to think I'm dumb, like, you yeah. know? And so, and now it's like, okay, I can say, I don't have that, but I'll, I'll get back to you on it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just had zero clue. <laughs> like, I was like, I have, I know nothing. You're like, I make a damn good sandwich though. Cause yeah. they're good. They're so good. I didn't, I wasn't even understanding the return flip switch, the whole thing. I was like, this, I'm like, I don't like it. This, none of this makes sense to me. Like, I really need to <laughs> understand. But anyway, what? Okay, so speaking, I'm saying here, saying that I didn't have any experience besides like working in restaurants. You went to school and then you had work experience. So what yeah. would you say to people like myself mm -hmm. who want to, to start a business? They want to launch a product, whether it's a cookie dough mm -hmm. or a makeup or any kind of product. Yeah. Like where would they start or what are some great resources that they could yeah. use? I I like truly believe it's funny because like I went to school, but I like I don't feel like I'm applying any of that stuff. Mm. Like I feel like all the stuff that you learn is like on the job, kind of. I think so as well. But you, you know, know, sometimes like, people still what did I I'm telling you, I all I did was like party in school. Like I feel like it wasn't a I don't know. That's I mean, some people think, yeah, like college is everything. I truly don't think I mean, maybe there's like some basic stuff that I learned there, but like, I don't know. I don't think that it, it was that applicable. I think the smartest people I've met in the space are people who just do by doing, like a lot of them don't have college educations. Like they just are really good entrepreneurs. So like, I would say the first piece of advice I would give is it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that trips a lot of people up. <laughs> Right, because it I has know, to I hate be when like people are like done is better than perfect. I'm like, don't <laughs> say you're that. Like, no, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be. I know you're so meticulous though and detailed too. You're like even with all the branding that you guys have, it's like I don't know something about her is like it, the branding is pretty perfect. It's like, like it's, yeah, but also perfect is pretty fucking awesome too. Pretty, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, I will say it, people use it sometimes as an excuse as like a I'm not gonna start it or I can't do it or right. whatever. And I think like I think just starting is like even whether that's like like you're still working on the branding you're still perfecting like things about the business but like having a conversation with an investor or before you think you're ready or like you know talking to you know other founders that have done it before before you maybe think you're ready like you'll never I don't know it's kind of like having a baby like you're never gonna be ready you know like you have to <laughs> take the leap at some point so 
that's like one thing. I would say two, the biggest thing for me has been community and like talking to other people who are doing things that are similar. And like, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? Like we're kind of like same, same, but different, right? Like we, we talk about like, we were just talking about investors earlier where like you can commiserate together, right? Or you can like help each other or you can, you know, just yeah. trade advice. And like, I think talking to other founders and other people in this space, like if you're trying to get in the beauty space, like just reaching out to people, that is, and people are incredibly, incredibly like helpful with their, they just give their time a lot, which I was surprised at. I mean, there are like, there are founders who are much bigger than I, like Lindsay from Set Active or Natalie from Bala Bangles that are, you know, have been around for a few years before me. And like, they're such good friends and mentors of mine now that like, you know, help me. And so mm -hmm. I think just reaching out to them and, and chatting with the people that you kind of admire, like, don't be scared to do that. Like people, you'd be surprised how many people reply and they like want to help you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, it, but it, it can be like intimidating. I, I understand that. But yeah, yeah, I think just not being scared to reach out and ask for the help. And also like, I didn't, I also didn't realize that there are certain resources like consultants or project yeah. managers even that you can bring in to help you with things that are completely out of out your, of your skill set yeah yeah like getting a, a complete budget like accounting like no that's not my skill set <laughs> yeah budgets and projections perform all of that things that you really might you really do need yeah um moving forward because they're very important to have. They're things that if you're going to do brick and mortar like we are, like a landlord mm. potentially is going to want to see, investors are going to want to see. Yeah. And if you don't have that experience, there are people that you can Yeah, people hire that have it. Yeah. And you can source to do. But yeah, that's, a, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Reach out, look for the network of people. People that you like what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, like You're if you like, admire their goals. Brand. Even if different in different industries, you know, like, yeah, I think like a lot of my, the people that I reach out to are in a lot, like similar to what I said about the brand, like fashion and beauty and like, it's not food, but you can learn a lot from, you know, how they've built their brands and businesses. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I like how you built your brand and you did a lot of like fundraising. And even though it's like not necessarily the same as having a sandwich shop it's it's similar in the sense of how you build things yeah because like, we, we are approaching our business in a similar way yeah. so it was like a bit same same there do you have any other advice for entrepreneurs females in the entrepreneur mm. space or so one thing that was a little bit hard for me at the beginning is people really want to see the story behind your brand and like they want to see you and I get, I got like super uncomfortable with that at the beginning. Like, cause I was like, I'm building a brand. Like I'm supposed to be in the background and the brand is going to take the forefront. And that's that. Like, I don't need to, I like, I don't need to be doing TikToks <laughs> and I don't need to be on Shark Tank. Like I don't need to be front facing, Yeah. but people love the journey. Like they love seeing, you know, like for you, like they'll love seeing the recipes that you guys came up with to like like why you created certain sandwiches, like the way you created them or, you know, like they'll love seeing the inner workings of like you and Ariana working on it. Or, you know, for us, a lot of it's like people, we get a lot of traction when we post like our mistakes on TikTok, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of funny. Like we ordered the wrong oat flour one time. We ordered, it's called like a mesh size, which is the size of the flour. And we ordered a mesh size that was too big. And we produced 
our biggest production run ever <laughs> and for our chocolate chip flavor. And it was like oatmeal. Like it was like, so like they were, they were, they started, we produced it all. They started putting it in the jars and I get a photo, like a video from our production facility. And they're like, Hey, this doesn't look quite like your chocolate chip. Oh, no. Like what the hell is wrong with this? Like, and I started freaking out. I was like, this is, it was $30,000 of product. And I was like, I just lost the first thing my brain went to was, I just lost $30,000 of pro- like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, we can't get this product back, like whatever. So I look at it and then I have them send me product and our team's like freaking out a little bit and we're all like tasting it. And I was like, like two of us actually were like, this is kind of tastes good. Like it's this tastes like, yeah, this tastes pretty <laughs> fucking good. So we rebranded it and we called it Oopsie Oatmeal. And it, the packaging was hilarious. It's like oopsie oatmeal, like no raisins. Like we had like red flags all over it because <laughs> anyone who likes raisins is like a red flag. And we posted it and it's our highest viewed. It has like 8 million views on TikTok. It's our highest viewed TikTok yet. And like people really just loved seeing the journey. And like that was a moment where I was like, I need to not hide. Like, because mm-hmm. I was just like, why would I put myself out there? Like whatever, I'm like kind of private. And then I was like, no, this helps the business. Telling my story, being a female, being a woman of color, like entrepreneur, like that helps other women and like showing the mistakes that we made, it helps other people. Like why wouldn't I put myself out there? So it was like a mindset shift. So anyways, that's a long story. It's a total super fucking long <laughs> no, story for your answer story. to your question. But like the the question was like, you know, like what other advice is like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there because it is, it might be uncomfortable and like feel a little weird at first, but like people love it. And like, Mm -hmm. people really do want to see you and the story behind the brand and like all the stuff you're doing, like bad, good, whatever. Like people love seeing that stuff. I, first of all, I love that as well. And also that flavor was so good. I I love oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are one of my, like probably my favorite. Probably for me, like top three. Like it's, it's very top good. three because it's, yeah. it's like the chewiness. The chewiness. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it was a complete mistake. So. Well. It worked out. They're pretty fucking serendipitous if you were to ask me. I think you should make it happen. Be accident again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like once a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just Whoops. surprise people. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> That'd be funny. That would be funny. Oh my God. Can we partner with Brittany? Will she? Maybe. Maybe. Where is she? I don't know where is she is. I, mean, I don't know. I went down rabbit holes last night. Oh my God. I go down rabbit holes with her all the time. All People the time. People think she's like not free. Anyways, that's, that is. People think she's not free. I kind of maybe think she's not free. I don't know. People don't know where she is. Anyways. But all right. Well, thank you so much for imparting all your wisdom. Oh I've gosh, I've been I've been lucky enough to be able to chew your ear and get all kinds of advice. So thank you for sharing with everyone who's listening. So oh my god, of course, anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur, start a business, really great advice. Normally I do like a rage text of the day, but I'm not doing it because it's the holidays. So I'm keeping it light and positive. So I'm asking everyone what their Christmas wishes. Ooh, what's my Christmas? Okay, tactically, I want another puppy, but I don't know that I'm going to get that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm obsessed with my dog. I, I, I got a tattoo. I just showed you. I got a tattoo yeah. of his ears from Joey Hill on my wrist. I'm obsessed with She's him. She's very cute. Is he a French bulldog? He's a French bulldog. He's a little Named Pablo. Named Pablo, yeah. He's like a little bowling ball. I just He's a little like, loaf. He's cute. I just want to bowl him. <laughs> um, so tactically, would love a little, little Frenchie. I think broadly... 
I think what I want is, and I might get like a little existential here, but like I want everyone that like works with us or like is in our orbit and like everyone on the team just to like feel really good and positive about like what we're bringing them, right? Like whether it's like a little donut that lightens your day or like you had a really good experience. We had a great email today from our customer service rep of like somebody just being so kind to her and like people can be so mean during the holidays of like, I didn't get my order. Or like, I don't know, just, just like that kind of positivity and like people having good experiences with our team and me and like our products. Like I just want overall people to have just like good surprise and delight experiences. Cause I think like, I don't know, people are going through a lot. So mm -hmm. I think being able to have stuff, have a brand that's be able to be like funny and witty and you can relate to, but then also having a product that can, I don't know, bring you joy and like help you escape your day for a little bit while you're like watching reality TV, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that's, it's just something that I really enjoy bringing to the world. So I just want, it's existential, but in a little emo, but I just want people to have good experiences. Yay. I love that. Okay. I like good experiences for all around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh my gosh. I appreciate course. that. And to everyone else, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, happy and holidays. Ha Happy New Year. Soon. Yeah. Soon. Crazy. 2023. Yeah. Until next time, I love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. Bye.